Book 7, Chapters 5 and 6 of The Antiquities of the Jews, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Antiquities of the Jews, Volume 2, by Flavius Josephus. Translated by William Whiston. Book 7, Chapters 5 and 6. Chapter 5. How David brought under the Philistines, and the Moabites, and the kings of Sophene, and of Damascus, and of the Syrians, as also the Edomians, in war. And how he made a league with the king of Hamath, and was mindful of the friendship that Jonathan, the son of Saul, had borne him. A little while after this, he considered that he ought to make war against the Philistines, and not to see any idleness or laziness permitted in his management, that so it might prove, as God had foretold to him, that when he had overthrown his enemies, he should leave his posterity to reign in peace afterward. So he called together his army again, and when he had charged them to be ready and prepared for war, and when he thought that all things in his army were in a good state, he removed from Jerusalem, and came against the Philistines. And when he had overcome them in battle, and had cut off a great part of their country, and had adjoined it to the country of the Hebrews, he transferred the war to the Moabites. And when he had overcome two parts of their army in battle, he took the remaining part captive, and imposed tribute upon them to be paid annually. He then made war against Iadadezer, the son of Rehob, king of Sophene, and when he had joined battle with him at the river Euphrates, he destroyed twenty thousand of his footmen, and about seven thousand of his horsemen. He also took a thousand of his chariots, and destroyed the greatest part of them, and ordered that no more than one hundred should be kept. Now when Hadad, king of Damascus and of Syria, heard that David fought against Hadadezer, who was his friend, he came to his assistance with a powerful army, in hopes to rescue him. And when he joined battle with David at the river Euphrates, he failed of his purpose, and lost in the battle a great number of his soldiers. For there were slain in the army of Hadad twenty thousand, and all the rest fled. Nicolens, also of Damascus, makes mention of this king in the fourth book of his histories, where he speaks thus, A great while after these things had happened, there was one of that country whose name was Hadad, who was become very potent. He reigned over Damascus, and the other parts of Syria, excepting Phoenicia. He made war against David, the king of Judea, and tried his fortune in many battles, and particularly in the last battle at Euphrates, whereupon he was beaten. He seems to have been the most excellent of all the kings in strength and manhood. Nay, besides this, he says of his posterity that, they succeeded one another in his kingdom and in his name. Where thus he speaks, When Hadad was dead, his posterity reigned for ten generations, each of his successors receiving from his father that his dominion, and this his name, as did the Ptolemies in Egypt. But the third was the most powerful of them all, and was willing to avenge the defeat his forefather had received. So he made an expedition against the Jews and laid waste the city which is now called Samaria. Nor did he err from the truth, for this is that Hadad, 
who made the expedition against Samaria in the reign of Ahab, king of Israel, concerning whom we shall speak in due place hereafter. Now, when David had made an expedition against Damascus and the other parts of Syria, and had brought it all into subjection, and had placed garrisons in the country, and appointed that they should pay tribute, he returned home. He also dedicated to God at Jerusalem the golden quivers, the entire armor which the guards of Hadad used to wear, which Shishak, the king of Egypt, took away when he fought with David's grandson, Rehoboam, with a great deal of other wealth which he carried out of Jerusalem. However, these things will be explained in their proper places hereafter. Now as for the king of the Hebrews, he was assisted by God, who gave him great successes in his wars, and he made all expedition against the best cities of Hadadezer, Beta, and Machen. So he took them by force and laid them waste. Therein was found a very great quantity of gold and silver, besides that sort of brass which is said to be more valuable than gold, of which brass Solomon made that large vessel which is called the Brazen Sea, and those most curious lavers, when he built the temple for God. But when the king of Hamath was informed of the ill success of Hadadezer, and had heard of the ruin of his army, he was afraid on his own account, and resolved to make a league of friendship and fidelity with David before he should come against him. So he sent to him his son Joram, and professed that he owed him thanks for fighting against Hadadezer, who was his enemy, and made a league with him of mutual assistance and friendship. He also sent him presents, vessels of ancient workmanship, both of gold and of silver and of brass. So when David had made this league of mutual assistance with Toy, for that was the name of the king of Hamath, and received the presents he sent him, he dismissed his son with that respect which was due on both sides. But then David brought those presents that were sent by him, and also the rest of the gold and the silver which he had taken from the cities that he had conquered, and dedicated them to God. Nor did God give victory and success to him only when he went to battle himself and led his own army. But he gave victory to Abishai, the brother of Joab, general of his forces, over the Idumeans, and by him to David, when he sent him with an army into Idumea. For Abishai destroyed eighteen thousand of them in the battle, whereupon the king of Israel placed garrisons throughout all Idumea, and received the tribute of the country, and of every head among them. Now David was in his nature just, and made his determination with regard to truth. He had for the general of his whole army Joab, and he made Jehoshaphat the son of Aliud recorder. He also appointed Zadok of the family of Phineas to be the high priest, together with Abiathar, for he was his friend. He also made Saison the scribe, and committed the command over the guards of his body to Benahai, the son of Jehoiada. His elder sons were near his body, and had the care of it also. He also called to mind the covenants and the oaths he made with Jonathan, the son of Saul, and the friendship and affection Jonathan had for him. For besides all the rest of his excellent qualities with which he was endowed, he was also exceeding mindful of such as had at other times bestowed benefits upon him. He therefore gave order that inquiry should be made, whether any of Jonathan's lineage were living, to whom he might make return of that familiar acquaintance 
which Jonathan had had with him, and for which he was still debtor. And when one of Saul's freedmen was brought to him, who was acquainted with those of his family who were still living, he asked him whether he could tell him of any one belonging to Jonathan that was now alive, and capable of a requital of the benefits which he had received from Jonathan. And he said that a son of his was remaining, whose name was Mephibosheth, but that he was lame of his feet, for that when his nurse heard that the father and grandfather of the child were fallen in the battle, she snatched him away and fled, and let him fall from her shoulders, and his feet were lamed. So when he had learned where and by whom he was brought up, he sent messengers to Machir, to the city of Lodabar, for with him was the son of Jonathan brought up, and sent for him to come to him. So when Mephibosheth came to the king, he fell on his face and worshipped him. But David encouraged him, bade him be of good cheer, and expect better times. So he gave him his father's house, and all the estates which his grandfather Saul was in possession of, and bade him come and diet with him at his own table, and never to be absent one day from that table. And when the youth had worshipped him on account of his words and gifts given to him, he called for Ziba, and told him that he had given the youth his father's house, and all Saul's estates. He also ordered that Ziba should cultivate his land, and take care of it, and bring him the profits of all to Jerusalem. Accordingly David brought him to his table every day, and bestowed upon the youth Ziba, and his sons, who were fifteen in number, and his servants, who were in number twenty. When the king had made these appointments, and Ziba had worshipped him, and promised to do all he had bidden him, he went his way, so that this son of Jonathan dwelt at Jerusalem, and dieted at the king's table, and had the same care that a son might claim taken of him. He also had himself a son, who he named Micah. Chapter 6 How the war was waged against the Ammonites, and happily concluded. This were the honors that such were left of Saul's and Jonathan's lineage received from David. About this time died Nahash, the king of the Ammonites, who was a friend of David's, and when his son had succeeded his father in the kingdom, David sent ambassadors to him to comfort him, and exhorted him to take his father's death patiently, and to expect that he would continue the same kindness to himself which he had shown to his father. But the princes of the Ammonites took this message in evil part, and not as David's kind dispositions gave reason to take it, and they excited the king to resent it, and said that David had sent men to spy out the country, and what strength it had, and under the pretense of humanity and kindness. They further advised him to have a care, and not to give heed to David's words, lest he should be deluded by him, and so fall into an inconsolable calamity. Accordingly, Nahash's son, the king of the Ammonites, thought these princes spake what was more probable than the truth would admit, and so abused the ambassadors after a very harsh manner, for he shaved the one half of their beards, cut off one half of their garments, and sent his answer not in words, but in deeds. When the king of Israel saw this, he had indignation at it, and showed openly that he would not overlook this injurious and contumelious treatment, but he would make war with the Ammonites, and would avenge this wicked treatment of his ambassadors on their king. 
so that king's intimate friends and commanders, understanding that they had violated their league, and were liable to be punished for the same, made preparations for war. They also sent a thousand talents to the Syrian king of Mesopotamia, and endeavored to prevail with him to assist them for that pay. And Shobach, now these kings had twenty thousand footmen. They also hired the king of the country, called Makkah, and a fourth king, by name Ishtob, which last had twelve thousand armed men. But David was under no consternation at this confederacy, nor at the forces of the Ammonites, and put his trust in God, because he was going to war in a just cause on account of the injurious treatment he had met with. He immediately sent Joab, the captain of his host, against them, and gave him the flower of his army, who pitched his camp at Rabbah, the metropolis of the Ammonites. Whereupon the enemy came out and set themselves in array, not all of them together, but in two bodies, for the auxiliaries were set in array in the plain by themselves, but the army of the Ammonites at the gates over against the Hebrews. When Joab saw this, he opposed one stratagem against another, and chose out the most hardy part of his men, and set them in opposition to the king of Syria and the kings that were with him, and gave the other part to his brother Abishai, and bid him set them in opposition to the Ammonites, and said to him, that in case he should see that the Syrians distressed him and were too hard for him, he should order his troops to turn about and assist him. And he said that he himself would do the same to him, if he saw him in the like distress, from the Ammonites. So he sent his brother before, and encouraged him to do everything courageously and with alacrity, which would teach them to be afraid of disgrace, and to fight manfully. And so he dismissed him to fight with the Ammonites, while he fell upon the Syrians. And though they made a strong opposition for a while, Joab slew many of them, but compelled the rest to betake themselves to flight, which, when the Ammonites saw, and were withal afraid of Abishai and his army, they stayed no longer, but imitated their auxiliaries, and fled to the city. So Joab, when he had thus overcome the enemy, returned with great joy to Jerusalem to the king. This defeat did not still induce the Ammonites to be quiet, nor to own those that were superior to them to be so, and be still. But they sent to Chalaman, the king of the Syrians beyond Euphrates, and hired him for an auxiliary. He had Shobach for the captain of his host, with eighty thousand footmen and ten thousand horsemen. Now when the king of the Hebrews understood that the Ammonites had again gathered so great an army together, he determined to make war with them no longer by his generals, but he passed over the river Jordan himself, with all his army, and when he met them, he joined battle with them, and overcame them, and slew forty thousand of their footmen, and seven thousand of their horsemen. He also wounded Shobach, the general of Kalaman's forces, who died of that stroke. But the people of Mesopotamia, upon such a conclusion of the battle, delivered themselves up to David and sent him presents, who, at winter time returned to Jerusalem. But at the beginning of the spring he sent Joab, the captain of his host, to fight against the Ammonites, who overran all their country, and laid it waste, and shut them up in their metropolis, Rabbah, and besieged them therein. End of Book 7, Chapters 5 and 6